Welcome, adventurers. The whispers in her mind have driven Rianok far from home. But now that she's gone, what will she do? Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon Hey, you there. Oi. Oi, girl. The barback had roused her late in the evening with a You can't sleep here, tis an inn. She had drowsed off at the table while going back and forth on whether or not to pay for a room at an inn or find some nook or alley to hole up in for the night. The man watched her go with a stern look on his face. Stepping into the street had made Rianok's mind up for her. It was freezing. She would be hard-pressed to find a place warm enough to sleep outdoors especially in a city she knew nothing about. Remembering the merchant, Rianok found her way to the anvil's friend. She pondered trying to barter a reduced fee to sleep in the stable, but it was late. She had spent nearly a week bedded down in increasingly cold conditions, and her want for a warm bed got the better of her shrewdness. She stood at the counter long after the innkeeper had taken her two silvers and given her a key. She could still ask for the money back. However, prompted by a raised eyebrow and a, is there anything else I can help with, Rianok finally surrendered the internal battle and rambled sleepily up the stairs. The room was small and cozy, with a washstand in one corner and a chest at the foot of the bed, presumably to store one's possessions in, but what she carried barely filled the small bag hoisted over her shoulder. The bed seemed massive, but then the room would be rented to travelers of all heights, not just halflings. She should wash her hands and face before she laid down. She did every night at home, it was the last thought Rianok had that night as she passed out face down on the bed. Unwashed, still in her day clothes, her travel bag plopped down beside her. She woke with a start in a puddle of drool, eyes working to focus. She scrambled to her knees. The noise that had startled her awake was a sharp metallic noise, a ringing pink, pink, pink that shot through the room. A hammer on metal. Rianok growled. The anvil's friend indeed, she thought. The mystery of why this fairly respectable-looking inn was among the city's cheapest had now been solved. Gods, what time was it? The dim light creeping through the window implied it was still very early. The gods take blacksmiths and their work ethic, she thought as she crawled toward the headboard and pulled the large feather pillow there over her head, pressing it hard to her ear. She slept fitfully for another bell or two, but kept dreaming of being chased. 
The dream always ended when she turned from looking behind to see what pursued her to look forward just in time to hit her head on some low-hanging beam or poorly stacked crate. She would snort awake, realize that the impact in her dream had coincided with a loud strike of a hammer from the smithy next door, curse the gods, and drift back into a shallow sleep where the sequence would start anew. At last she gave up, rising from her bed, eyes feeling like they had been scrubbed with uncarded wool. She went to the washstand and splashed cold water on her face and scrubbed the last week's travel from her hands. It made her feel a bit better. She descended the stairs to find the first pleasant surprise of her entire trip. The keeper had offered her a fresh-baked roll and a cup of hot tea as she returned the key. Stomach growling, eyes wide, Rianoc did her best to make her most pleasant manners. Did she owe anything extra? No, included with the price of the stay. A smile and a thanks, and then she gobbled up the roll, barely pausing to chew. When she realized the innkeep was looking at her with concern, she brushed the crumbs from the front of her vest lifted the cup of hot tea, sipping slowly and politely. She then raised the glass to the keeper in thanks and forced herself to retain her composure, even though she wanted to gulp down the tea as fast as she had consumed the roll. It was warm and made her face tingle. The morning air was cold, but the streets were busy. The little comfort provided by the tea and bread soon faded, as Rianak realized her remaining monies would not be enough to buy her full rations for the three-day trip to Borgen, where it seemed she was going. She bartered and pleaded just to wind up with enough food to eat one meager meal a day for the journey, and had only three coppers remaining nowhere near enough money to purchase lodging along the way. Another three days amongst the grass and on the ground, it seemed. Rianok felt the smile in the back of her mind. A little thievery will get you to Borgen in a lot more comfort. I'm not, Rianok started out loud, but then catching herself hot. I'm not a thief. As you wish, child. Your discomfort will end soon. There is money to be had in Borgen, Cinder said with indifference. Questions. So many questions ran through Rianok's mind, but she was tired and irritated, and she didn't have the patience for quips and vagueness. There was nothing more here for her. Borgen was as good a place as any. She took to the road. The voice of Cinder didn't return for the first two days. The winter's chill was lessened by heavy clouds that dominated the sky. But the journey was unpleasant. As she woke stiff from another night spent on the hard ground and weak from the lack of food on the third day, the whispers began again. Instructions of where to go and who to speak to when she reached Borgen. Rianok was too hungry, 
too tired to think over long on the fact that the wall surrounding Borgen was even taller than the one around Feld's crossing. Walking under the massive arch that housed the main gate, she had visions of being a child looking down on a trail of ants, fascinated with their tiny size, wondering what the world must look like to them. Walking under the wall, she felt for the first time that she had some understanding of the bug's perspective. The benevolent heights. That was where she was supposed to go. She was pretty sure benevolent meant good. It took but a few brief questions to get directions, though answers were accompanied by looks. Doubtful, dubious looks. There was another wall around the heights which confused Rianoch. She could not fathom anything that could breach the outer wall. The wall inside seemed redundant. Nevertheless, another gate stood over the wide road. It was much more ornate. The stone surrounding the arch here was intricately carved with scenes of many things. Battles, mythical creatures, depictions of soul, Arjun and Cerise. The gate stood open, though there were guards that stood to either side of the road. They weren't questioning anyone, but did cast hard looks on those coming and going. She felt not one, but both of the guards' looks upon her as she passed through. But remembering her experience at the bridge at the outpost, she kept her head high, eyes forward, and walked through with not so much as a look toward the soldiers. Rianoc had expected a hand on her shoulder at any moment, but it seemed confidence was all the disguise she needed to pass. There didn't seem to be anything notably good about the area. The houses seemed bigger, set in actual plots of land with gardens, unlike the buildings on the street through which she had passed so far. The gardens were behind, what else, more walls. The residents of Borgen must have livestock or other creatures that were particularly valuable or particularly good at escaping. Three streets in from the ornate gate, she turned right. Two hundred paces brought her to a circle centered on a large fountain. Three other streets ended here. She took the one that headed north. Forty paces down the road, Rianoc stopped in an area of deep shadow, created by one of the many garden walls. Lanterns hung at even intervals throughout the streets, but there was always shadow to be found. A gate with two mountain lion statues alongside. Master Kim Karen's residence. She stood looking at it for a moment before whispering, Will, I'm here. Do you have anything helpful to say? The voice came without hesitation, a tone of mock offense. Child, I have been nothing but helpful. For what could you want? Rianoc's stomach growled. Cinder's voice pressed on. Master Kim Karen has work for you. He will try to negotiate a lower price than your services are worth. Stand firm and don't respond to any of his attempts to devalue your skills. Skills? Services? She wasn't aware she had the first, or provided the second. The laugh came again. 
All my children are gifted with an abundance of skills. Now, before you enter, I care not about your youthful face, but the master is a stickler, so a little... Here, the feeling of a hand waving around her face. Is in order. No need for anything elaborate, just some age. And the appearance that your clothes are not quite so... The voice trailed off. Rianak bent the light and shadow. Without really meaning to, she presented an image that looked very close to her mother. Across the street she went, to the gate between the lions. She knocked. A surly dwarven woman answered. Yes. I'm here to deal with the rats. It was what Cinder had told her to say. The woman's eyes widened for the briefest of moments. Then she opened the gate and stood aside, hand extended for Rianak to enter. She was led through a stunningly beautiful yard. They did not go in through the large entry doors, instead going round the building, entering through a side door. It led through the kitchens. Her dwarven guide paused at the door, looked back, and after a moment of hesitation said, Don't you wish to cover your face? Rianok's eyes squinted in confusion. It was interpreted as a rebuke, and the stern woman flushed, quickly turning to push the door open. A series of halls, through a parlor of some sort, in which, to Rianok's astonishment, the woman pushed on a bookcase which swung inward like a door. A small study lay beyond. Here the walls were lined with shelves and cabinets. It was hard to take in the sheer magnitude of stuff residing here. Pottery with intricate designs, crystal animals, books propped open on stands, paintings, small statues, rocks. Rianok's eyes were still straining to take in the room when a voice cleared. Her eyes went to the noise. A short, as far as humans go, thin man dressed in robes of the most expensive cloth she had ever seen, stood behind a desk of equivalent excess. Made of a pale wood, it was intricately carved and inlaid with what looked like gold and silver. The man's skin seemed to reflect the candlelight. It had a sheen as if oil had been applied. His hair was almost completely white, and was drawn back into a ponytail that fell past his shoulders. Master Kim Karen, she presumed. He smiled, a smile that didn't touch his eyes, and extended a hand toward a chair opposite where he stood. Rianok took one last look around the room, and then came to the chair, hesitated a moment, and then pulled herself up to sit. The false smile stayed on the master's face as he sat down. I was expecting you earlier. The negotiation has started, Cinder whispered. Rianok didn't reply to Cinder or the man, cocking her head and staring at him. The smile faltered on the man's face. But it appears you are here now, he hurried on. May I offer you anything? It took all of her effort to shake her head. No, she wasn't sure why she did it. 
It just seemed like not talking was working out for her so far, and if this obviously rich person saw her ravaging some proffered food like a wolf, she was certain any air of competence she was presenting would vanish. All right, he said through the carved smile. To the matter at hand? Rianok nodded. The smile left the man's face and he leaned forward, casting a long look upon her. His whole bearing changed from practiced cordiality to shrewd doubt. I was told you were more than competent and discreet by the adept. Kimkarin said, his tone saying he believed anything but. Rianok had no idea who the adept was, but Cinder's voice came almost on top of the thought. There are advantages to being the one criminals and thieves pray to. Kimkarin was still talking, his face twisting into a look that said he didn't like the prospect of talking to her any longer. But now that I see you, I don't get a good feeling about you. I don't think you are the person for this task. As he was saying this, Rianok's face was dropping into a frown from what Cinder had just whispered. Kim Karen thought the frown was for him, and his dismissive face now attempted to mask concern. What happened next, Rianok never knew if it was her or Cinder who had done it. The light around her vibrated, and then, on what had been an empty patch of floor next to where she sat, an exact copy of herself stood. Kim Karen's eyes squinted. The other Rianok walked slowly around the desk. As it did, whispers filled the room, low and ominous. The master failed to maintain his calm as he stood and backed away from the approaching duplicate. Rianok addressed the master in an even tone. You have someone better than the Chosen of Cinder for your work. As she spoke, the other Rianok flickered and then disappeared. His eyes were wide. It seems I have misjudged you. Eyes still in the place the illusion had been, his voice failing to completely hide fear. She made no reply, standing instead and beginning to walk toward the door. Please, he spurted, hand extending before he could snatch it back. She paused, but did not turn back. I was wrong. Might we discuss your services? It wasn't quite begging. The object I need you to recover is very, very important to me. Rianok turned to look at him, frowning again. I am not a thief. The words were both for Kim Karen and Cinder. The master looked confused. Cinder laughed. I did not say so. Kim Karen said in apology. This item was stolen from me. You would just be recovering it, returning it to its rightful owner. Rianok's stomach growled. It made Kim Karen jump. Rianok returned to the chair and climbed back in. Let us discuss payment. I was led to believe you might undertake this task for... A pause where Rianok knew Kim Karen was considering a lower number before accepting he had lost all control of the situation. Five hundred. 
Five hundred. Rianok was stunned. Gold? Five hundred gold? This was madness. Master Kim Karen took her silence as a fence and clasping his hands before himself, stammered, But I, I could go higher. What was even happening? Rianok thought. For the first time in her life, she actually felt mad. But with it, a feeling of confidence came to life inside her. Riding on a bubble of mischief, Rianok put the frown back on her face. It had garnered good results so far. You annoy me, she said. Seven fifty, up front. The blood drained from Kim Karen's face. He stood, statue-like, for ten beats or more, before he slumped back down into his chair, defeated. Agreed. Inside her mind, Cinder laughed. But it was a joyous laugh. A laugh that was filled with pride. The vague guidings of a god have led Rianok to a job for a wealthy person in the city of Borgen. But what does this job entail? Stay tuned next week for part five of Child of Shadow, Child of Mischief. <laughs>